Welcome to the second episode of Plastic Science. I am, as always, your host, Eliza Brett, and this week we're having skin part two, activated charcoal and retinoic acid. Though it might seem new and technological, activated charcoal sticks have been used as water purifiers in Japan since the 17th century. Activated charcoal is produced by heating wood pulp to 900 degrees Celsius and then washing it with acids and drying it. Unactivated charcoal means the black stuff in your fireplace. It's carbon and also a ton of other stuff absorbed by the carbon. So activated charcoal means it's just purely charcoal. Its binding sites are free to pick up and trap any small toxins and contaminants in the vicinity. Charcoals have an incredibly porous surface, which works very well as a water filter. On average, one gram of activated charcoal has approximately a thousand square meters of surface area basically a football pitch. Charcoal face care has taken centre stage for many skincare ranges, surprise, surprise. Speaking biologically, charcoal has the power to pull microbes and dirt and bacteria from the skin, but there's no real measurable effect of this. After all, if you pull some bacteria away from the face, the some that are remaining will replace themselves within hours. The real trick to healthy skin is to make sure the epidermis carrying the bacteria is never breached, and we take care of that by focusing on the dermis. But another quick note on charcoal dental care. You may have seen or tried the black toothpaste. I have. There was a weird granular sensation and a longer than normal scrub to get rid of the neglected zombie look. Companies saying it whitens teeth have no real evidence of a whitening effect, nor any evidence that it removes any stains. I guess it makes teeth whiter after brushing relative to the absolute rotten black swamp that your mouth looks like while brushing. But there is one major effect in using activated charcoal toothpaste, and that's in curing halitosis. Bad breath is caused by a buildup of bacteria, so it's a really good stage for charcoal to showcase what it can do. Bacteria are a natural, necessary part of the skin's external barrier, making up what is called the skin flora, or microbiome. These bacteria can keep us safe from other competing strains by draining the area of resources or activating our immune system, as in small red blemishes on your face might indicate that bacteria are doing their jobs. However, when it comes to cystic acne, the problem does not come from an epidermal upset, but a dermal imbalance. There's a protein called tumor necrosis factor alpha, or TNF-alpha. As with most proteins, it was named after the process by which it was discovered. In the 1970s, it was noticed that one protein in particular was in abundance in a dying or necrotic tumour. TNF-alpha was being made by immune cells to kill the local tumour cells. It is, therefore, a distress protein, created by an immune system working at full steam, which leads to cell death. From a cancer perspective, this protein is highly important. In fact, back in the 70s, after seeing it helped to kill tumours, they gave TNF-alpha to cancer patients systemically, but stopped soon after because of how ill it made them. After all, this is a protein that is linked with absolute emergent cases of gotta kill these cells. In addition to killing tumours, TNF-alpha can flare inflammation and hinder metabolism. Everything you want to help kill the tumour and everything you don't want in healthy tissue, like the skin. In acne, TNF-alpha is in high concentrations. It fuels a positive feedback loop where there is cell death, more inflammation, and more cell death. If it breaks the skin, bacteria of the epidermis can get involved, which brings the zone from bad to worse. 
The bacteria resist immune destruction by secreting toxins, adding yet another ingredient to an actively infested cyst. An accumulation of these dead cells is what we know as pus. So it's very clear it would be best to limit TNF-alpha at the very top of this process. And that is where we reach Accutane. Accutane is the trade name for isotretinoin, a type of retinoic acid. A what? Retinoids are related to vitamin A, but not identical. Accutane is similar to the same vitamin A that's found in sweet potatoes, carrots, and liver, if that's your thing. Isotretinoin was actually a leukemia treatment in 1994. In short, it was recognized that retinoic acids could stop spontaneous growth of immune cells. Its primary use today, however, is for acne. Retinoic acid, or retinoids, or retinol, work by shutting down the sebaceous glands of the skin, which are the ones pumping out the oil. This pharmacological effect was initially described in 1986. But if we zoom further into that mechanism of action, we see retinoic acid is an inhibitor of TNF-alpha. Accutane is essentially a very high dose of vitamin A, which attempts to stop TNF-alpha signaling in the skin. Of course, since Accutane is taken systemically, the whole body experiences the vitamin A overload. For most of the organs, this is no problem. However, the liver is already extremely high in vitamin A. Accutane for the liver is like getting a drink for someone who's already drunk. People on Accutane are advised not to take any extra vitamin A and to stay away from foods that are high in vitamin A. Also, as part of the treatment, those taking Accutane must go in for regular liver function tests to make sure that no damage is being done. Similarly, it's advised to stay away from alcohol while on Accutane, the reason being to keep the detoxification work of the liver to a minimum. Quick liver segue here. Prometheus is the titan god of fire. He is celebrated as a kind of trickster joker god who's credited with the creation of humanity from clay. He also defied his god superiors by stealing fire and giving it to mankind. Prometheus was sentenced to eternal torment by Zeus for the fire theft. The punishment? He was tied to a big rock from which there was no escape, and every day an eagle would come down and peck out and eat bits of its liver. However, since his liver would grow back overnight, the whole process would never actually kill him, allowing for the eternal part of eternal torment. The ancient Greeks were well ahead of biological observations here. A liver that grows back is not some part of myth. The liver is the only organ in the body that can regenerate itself. For example, when you have a glass of wine, some liver cells die in the name of detoxifying the blood. But those cells are replaced with more of the same, making the net damage zero, or as close to zero as possible. Okay, taking Accutane is a big step and a very involved procedure. I speak from first-hand experience here. It's fascinating to me that there are multiple studies that say Accutane is not linked with depression or anxiety, and if it's prescribed for acne, it may indeed improve mental state. On the other hand, Accutane is the only non-psychotropic drug in the top 10 FDA drugs linked to depression, so it's not really clear where we stand there. I know this is something that affects different people in different ways, and neurological drug reactions is well away from my area of expertise. The only thing I'll say about my own journey is after six months, I was once again able and confident enough to wear tops that show a bit of shoulders, a bit of chest and a bit of back. In terms of managing one's own skin microbiome and inflammation, it is possible to do so without taking any prescription drugs, stressing your liver to the max, or spending lots of money on appointments and treatments. We have access to our skin from the inside and out. By increasing your intake of vitamin A, 
and using an external topical vitamin A emulsion, the skin calms down and you can experience the positive effects of lower local inflammation and cell death. No pathway using vitamin A will give results immediately. If you commit to treating your skin with vitamin A without a doctor, expect a reaction will be shown later than that which a strong, harsh dose of Accutane will yield. Nonetheless, a trip to the grocery store can fill your basket with vitamin A, cantaloupe, broccoli, squash, sweet potato, cod liver oil, cheddar, salmon, kale, mango, etc. Similarly, a pharmacy run can equip you with all you need, vitamin A supplements and a retinol cream. These days, well-known brands like Rock, L'Oreal, Neutrogena, Elizabeth Arden all have some form of retinol serum. The functions listed on the boxes of some companies will say anti-aging, anti-wrinkle, even anti-brown spot, but I hope you can emerge from this podcast wise to the fact that retinol will inhibit TNF-alpha, the number one culprit for dermal cell death and inflammation. All right, that brings to a close this episode of Plastic Science. Next week is my birthday, so we're going to be talking about aging. Until then, thank you for tuning in and talk to you next time.